Hello, hello, and welcome to Wed Talks. This is episode 12. What have you been doing, Jess? Um, I've become a plant mom. I know. <laughs> Our house is filled with beautiful plants. I mean, plants. you already were, but I think now it's like you just had septuplets. Thanks at to least. <laughs> Sage Home Collections, I we have, I think I counted and it was like 28 plants in the house now. <laughs> yeah. Um, Thank you, Kayla. Most of which have names. Some of them do not because I'm really bad with names and I wouldn't be able to remember what I I like Archibald. He's one of my favorites. Yeah, Archibald. And then we have Burn the Fern. It's a little rabbit foot fern. I wasn't so sure about the plants at first, but they're growing on me. (sighs) Hashtag grown at home. Yeah, leave that alone. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's talk about something different. Hamilton. We we had a Hamilton. Mike hosted a Hamilton party, which I mean, consisted of us because we're his only <laughs> friends. Yesterday was July fourth in our in our timeline, and we watched Hamilton. Hamilton. Yeah, it was actually kind of funny because people were uh, lighting fireworks outside as we were watching it, so it kind of added a little extra flair to what was going on. The patriotism you know? was on level a hundred. Yeah. yeah, it was. But I I had uh I had listened to Hamilton on Spotify many times just because I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um but I had never seen I had obviously never seen it live and especially not with the original cast. So uh the fact that they recorded this and you know put it up on Disney Plus uh was really cool. It was so good, and I determined that I would pay any amount of money to see it live, live. I don't care what you guys <laughs> We would also say. need a time machine to see the original cast. Well, maybe someday they'll, yeah. like, do a reunited <laughs> yeah, original no. cast, and then we just sell all of our worldly possessions <laughs> to go. So, I hate musicals. Like, I'm, I'm anti-musical as they come, but I really enjoyed it. And I thought it was a really solid musical. Um, yeah, it was fantastic. And it was history. So good. And the acting was great. And the songs were fantastic. Yeah. Mike, Mike was singing the songs. And then he went and played golf. And he did really well. So <laughs> I think that there's a correlation yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, the songs were stuck in my head all night and morning. So I guess that kind of contributed to the the good shots on the golf course successful golf but um yeah you you didn't <laughs> didn't give up your shot uh, uh, i don't know how i feel about that <laughs> i'm also having to cut out coffee i've noticed that's been aggravating my stomach so <laughs> there is mushroom coffee i highly 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 recommend everybody try the mushroom coffee it's on amazon just search mushroom coffee comes in a little little box it sounds like it'd be really weird. <laughs> it is. It's it's a little weird. It's earthy. I love it. To me, it's like <laughs> coffee that's been cooked over a campfire, and it's like you don't get the same. I don't. At least I don't get the same like jittery, almost anxious feeling that regular coffee gives me. But it still gives me like a boost. Um, 
Mike was not entirely sold on it. I mean, he drank his cup, but yeah, he also but does things to be nice. So I don't know. If also, he also it true. Nice. <laughs> I mean, uh, I ate zucchini last night, so I like. know. I was like, "Why are you eating it? Can I have the zucchini? Why is Mike eating zucchini?" I was yeah, like, that well, was out of character. Pieces, but it was grilled. And they were very thin slices, so it was like... <laughs> it was delicious. It was doable. It yeah. was delicious. But Mike benefits from this because while Jess is getting the mushroom coffee, he's going to inherit all the coffee we just ordered. Yes, because <laughs> I did just order, you know, $80 worth of God. my favorite coffee from New York. Um, I, don't even, I don't even, like, drink that much coffee. This is just, like, going to so, overwhelm since, me. Since um, COVID started, the coffee's been just flying off the shelf. In yeah, our house. I mean, yeah, I thought like oh, I had ordered coffee back back in January and mm-hmm. I thought, oh, this will take me most of the year. And then COVID hit and I wasn't like going to Heavenly or going to Starbucks or anything. And it was just like drinking <laughs> coffee all day long yeah. here. So it ran out way faster than I expected. But um I mean, that could just be your problem. Maybe it's just too much coffee. Maybe. Yeah, well, we would make the cold brew, and what I would make it would last me like three days, and you would drink it all in one day. I know, so we have I the think... same cold brew machine. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, the mushroom coffee, I can usually just do one cup in the morning, and I'm good, so maybe just stick with that for a little while <laughs> yeah. and see how long that takes me. But definitely a coffee addict. If anybody has any coffees that I should try, (laughs) let me know. Next, we're going to interview Russell and Becca. You'll remember them from our very first episode. Who are you? What do you do? What's like your title? (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm Russell. Um, My friends, family, folks call me Russ. Um... And uh, so I currently live in Manchester, New Hampshire. I work at Southern New Hampshire University in the Dean of Students Office um, as the Associate Director for Community Standards. Um, So I do a lot of crisis management, um, care team related stuff with students, um, basically student support and success, which is um, a position that it's very student facing it's in the trenches and trying to help our students kind of navigate all the issues that they have outside of the classroom um, which is um, something that I really really uh, appreciate although right now at the institution we're in transit so I'm not doing <laughs> I'm not in transition I'm not doing a lot of that um, but a lot of why I do this is you know really stems from my back I come from very humble beginnings uh, my family immigrated to the United States, um, lived in Miami for a portion of my life, moved to Haiti for a little bit, um, and then ended up transitioning back to the United States. So it's kind of taken me all over the place. Um, but a lot of what I do and the students that I work with is directly related to some of the struggles that I had growing up and trying to be a mentor, an advisor, a coach, a person for a lot of our students, specifically at a predominantly white institution in um, southern New Hampshire. Hi, my name is Becca. Um, I work for a nonprofit called My Turn, and I'm a career specialist, which is just a a fancy way to say a case manager. So we work with at-risk youth uh, in New Hampshire. My office is specifically in Franklin, New Hampshire. Um, 16 to 24 year olds uh, that have one too many barriers 
um, that they need help removing from a diff outside source uh, due to a number of life circumstances and situations that left to their own devices probably wouldn't turn out great. So I've been doing that since about September, August, September of 2019. I love it. So we wanted to go about this podcast um, because obviously the country's in the middle of a movement right now. And I didn't want to be just noise out there. I didn't want us posting on Instagram and just basically being noise. Um, so I wanted to kind of obviously touch with you guys and kind of stay in our, our lane when it comes to like weddings and things like that, because mm -hmm. there obviously there's issues in the wedding industry. You know, it took this whole movement before I finally started seeing wedding wire and the knot and things like that actually post people of color and brides of color and things like that. Um, do you think that that's like a purposeful thing when, when wedding wire or the knot post that, that they don't pick brides of color? Or do you think it's just like not purposeful? Like it's, uh, I guess I'm hard to explain what I'm, what I'm trying to ask. Like, <laughs> no, we get it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's interesting, and I think that, like, and, and I think media in general, like, over time, um, you know, I think in s some media outlets really try to m make an effort to um, diversify. Like, I think they, d they definitely make an in intentional decision to do so, um, but regardless of whether or not a, a media outlet chooses to do that or post or show a um, a gay couple or a interracial couple or black, you know we notice mm -hmm. right so um so whether they choose to do it in, um, intentionally or not i'm you know constantly in, and i think media in general we're socialized right to not see that so when it does come up like i'm okay well thank you you know thanks for for, for helping out um and so, so I, I'm not sure, um, again, I'm not sure for, for you know, when uh, a media outlet decides to do that, if they're doing it intentionally or not. Um, I think, you know, I try to give them the benefit of the doubt that they are at least trying to show, uh, you know, different perspectives. But for those of us that are typically part of those marginalized communities that typically don't see ourselves on TV, on ads on um you know covers and stuff like that it's definitely noticeable when it does happen so i really kind of wanted to focus on media and social media for this for this topic um because i feel it is important to let everybody know that we are inclusive vendors mm -hmm. but i don't want anybody i want people to feel represented not pandered or mm -hmm. exploited and so when I, if I use a certain hashtag, like when I post you guys, mm -hmm. I will hashtag interracial couples. Is that something that's okay to hashtag or do you, should you not? Like for me, because it, for me, I guess for me, it was like, I don't, I don't look at you guys and think interracial couple. I just think you guys are a couple. So mm -hmm. for when I would initially do hashtags, it's like, oh, wedding couple, like whatever. But should I be more exclusive with with hashtags like black love or interracial couples or things like that or is that pandering 
I think if that's where your heart is and that, and, and, you know, and knowing you are in the personal relationships that we have and knowing that you all are allies, it certainly doesn't raise any flags to me. Um, I, I also think that when, you know, the decisions that I typically make, um, are geared towards understanding the people that I have around me. So um, our, our real estate agent, as we talked about, we're going to make sure that that is somebody that understands the needs and what I bring, you know, all the baggage that I bring into a search for looking into a house, right? So understanding ahead of time that you all, um, you know, uh, understand the plight, right? Understand, um, you know, I think that to me, is is super helpful that I don't have to necessarily ask some of the questions to be like Jess. So, what are your thoughts on this, and how do you feel about that? I already know that you're here to kind of support the cause, and um, so I don't necessarily have an issue with it. I think if anything, it it helps provide a little bit of clarity for those of us that are out there that are making sure that we know, you know, um, you know the people that we're working with. That you're here to also um, to represent us. I think that. Um, yes, it's good marketing, but I also think that be- specifically because I know you, I know it comes from a genuine place. And I think that that's where, um, to me, not only that you put it on your social media, I will also, you know, back it up. I will, when I see it, you know, the people that I'm going to recommend to you as well, I know that you're, they're going to be in good hands. Okay. Good. There's so much fear around, you know, I, I don't want to do anything to hurt mm-hmm. anybody especially on social media where things can get so twisted and you know instantly people can turn on you and so it's just I feel like it weighs very heavily on me when I come to, mm-hmm. to social media to post things because I'm always trying to look at things from seven different angles and how is everything mm-hmm. going to be interpreted um you know not only from the business aspect of it but I don't want mm-hmm. anybody feeling uncomfortable or upset mm-hmm. with anything that we post. Because yeah, I feel like you might be suspicious at first of someone you don't know. Of course. Posting hashtags like that, like, are they doing this for the right reasons? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're posting it, like, wanting to give more visibility mm-hmm. to different mm-hmm. types of people. Um, so I guess that's, like, the thin line that we kind of are trying to deal with. Yeah, and... I- Again, I, I think your heart is in the right place. It's coming from a genuine spot. Um, and, and anybody that might be suspicious at first, like I think if they have a conversation with you, they realize automatically that that's, you know, it's just, it's not just a marketing tool, like, right, um, that, the, that you all um, are really, um, you know, wanting to, to be inclusive and, and, and use your platform and your business to, to do that, to do that. Um, cause the, the opposite of that is starting to work with somebody only to find out that they, maybe they don't, right. You get to, you get there and they're like, actually we don't do gay marriages. Mm-hmm. Right. That hurts more to me than get, you know, to be in that position and having to walk away versus like understanding ahead of time, exactly what you're walking into. Mm-hmm. That's what I was going to say. I mean, I, I don't know. I think it's different for everyone, whether that hashtag is problematic or not. But I think transparency is really important. And I think your portfolio really speaks to that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think there are certain businesses out there that are questionable because just now they're starting to show people of color or just now they're like, black people matter. 
because of the movement and we're like okay well now we have to question that are mm-hmm. you just on a bandwagon so you don't get canceled or how, is that how you always felt and now you're just speaking up about it yeah mm-hmm. um so i think it might be a little strange for people at first but then for instance instagram if someone looked at your instagram and saw that hashtag and they're like oh i don't know and then they just go to your profile and scroll through just an astro photography and see all the different kinds of couples you've represented from the beginning mm-hmm. that speaks for itself and that's exactly why you have instagram that's exactly why you have everything out there it, it just even before they meet you they can see that's actually who you are and just to use Russell's words, it's genuine. Mm-hmm. It's not something you're just starting to do. So speaking of cancel culture, what's <laughs> what's your guys' take on cancel culture? Because at this point, we're lucky we're a northern state. <laughs> we don't have plantations around here, but people get married in plantations now. Mm-hmm. Um, former plantations and what that represents and some people they're just like i refuse to work there because of social reasons but then the other reason is like oh if i work there i might get a paycheck from that one wedding but i might be blackballed for years to come because of that mm-hmm. um what is, what is your guys's stance on that i'm just curious yeah and i think that that's a tough one too because um yeah and as you mentioned right we don't necessarily have to deal too much of that Mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. um but when you think about our wedding was uh we when we did our wedding was at a uh, at utech which used to be like an old church right and used for like re- religious um uh i don't know what denomination but when you know you look back at religion there's often some controversies around religion and you know um gay marriage and stuff like that and so in some ways we we do have to make some of those decisions here um as well but when you look at the history of plantations it's just it's really difficult and it's 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 very painful history and so i would say that i i think that in either of these decisions right you're you're, you're kind of it's kind of damned if you do damned if you don't because you are you know there's going to be a market for it right mm-hmm. and then there's going to be a market that's against it um I don't know that we would have ever planned our wedding on a plantation. It's just not that that his, doesn't bring a happy history mm. for me. No. And so and I wanted to be the happiest person on my wedding day. And so I wouldn't want to do that. Um, but um, and also for vendors that are choosing to perhaps film or cater or uh, a wedding or something like that that's on a plantation, um, I could see how that could be very difficult for them because then when you try to use that, then for your social media, there's probably going to be, you know, potential clients that are going to be like, "Mm, you know, they probably shouldn't have done that. Um, And and I think that that's a really difficult decision that you all have to make. um, And one that I'm not necessarily sure that I could, you know, provide too much clarity on besides just recognizing that Mm -hmm. that is tough. Yeah. I mean, I know that that Evan and I had had this conversation a a while ago, actually, before everything kind mm-hmm. of started um because it was coming up in my in my photography groups more frequently um 
And I had said immediately, I don't think I would shoot on a plantation. I'm just uncomfortable with it. Mm-hmm. And Evan is, is a very logical person and is kind of able to separate things and is like, well, now it's just, you know, a piece of land and things like that. But I feel like he's kind of come around yeah. a little bit. So initially I was like, well, okay, you take this thing that's essentially evil and you've recreated it and repurposed it for something that mm-hmm. is is great. And there have been black people who have mm-hmm. been married on plantations and like taken that power. And there are black owners that own plantations now um, and use that as wedding venues. They've reclaimed that history um, in the same way that there's a lot of venues up here, like you said, renovated churches, and um, there's some insane asylums that mm-hmm. are wedding venues now that used to be like. Beck is like, where can we get? Yeah, right I was like, can we go there right now? Uh, you know, there's, there's, you know, back in the day when. Well, we talked earlier yeah. about like Salem has so much history. Oh my gosh, in Salem, yeah. so you know Salem who, who witch we... trials. Like there's people that have been murdered and different for their beliefs and mm-hmm. whatnot, or being other, mm-hmm. all over the place. Um, and it's nice to be able to take that, recognize it, and reclaim it as something else. But now I've, with all all the this new movement coming on in 2020. And learning more, I'm on, more on board with Jess now. Like, I wouldn't shoot at a plantation if we had one around here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that they should either become museums, such as Dachau and other places in Germany have become, and not be sources of, um, you know, joy and weddings profit yeah profit profit. um something along those lines that honors the history but it's tough because this this is a lot of land there's literally hundreds if not thousands of these places in the south and what do you do with it all i mean Mm -hmm. well and i think what you kind of mentioned too evan is that right there 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 is a you know um probably a movement to kind of reclaim those spaces and, you know, um, and the, you know, whatever couple or person that gets married there, they're able to kind of tell that story. So somebody comes into your house, they see your picture, you know, that you were married, they can tell that story. I think it's a harder for you as a vendor Mm -hmm. to post that video and explain everything you just said in that post, because a lot of people are going to be predisposed to their own, beliefs and ideologies and like so they're gonna they're, they're gonna make assumptions about you that you really can't control and you might not be able to tell that narrative and i think that that's what that, that's what puts you in a very weird position yeah i was just i don't know cancel culture is hard but i think if it's a it just really depends on how problematic the situation or, or person or, or whatever it is uh, what it is um, but as a vendor, I'm sure no matter what you do, you're alienating somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just deciding what hill you're willing to to die on, what who you're willing to accidentally or purposefully cut out of your market. And there's so much value. Like to go back to your original question, right? The way you handled you, you and, and your group handled our wedding, it was so amazing. And I know that that would have been a very difficult task for, um, 
for a photographer or any vendor that didn't really understand the dynamics, the cultural mm-hmm. differences, just what was happening between me and Becca and what we wanted and needed to happen in our wedding, mm-hmm. right? You all handled that so well that just just because of that, if I ever, if, like, I, yes, I will recommend you to my, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because, right, um, even, wait, we had to make sure we had the right kind of DJ to handle that. We had to make sure that, obviously, my sister catered it, but, again, the food was going to be very specific. Um, mm-hmm. and, and the photographer was going to have to understand and, um, the, the, the nuances between the families. And, obviously, we had a personal relationship, but regardless of that, if we weren't connected, we were going to get to know each other by the time the wedding day arrived so that you understood those nuances, right? And so, to me... When you when you share our wedding with others and you're able to allow um, other interracial couples to reach out and, and give them that kind of support, to me, that's a win. Mm-hmm. It's a win because otherwise it is so, it's such a fear. It's constantly, you know, something that, and maybe it's par- not paranoid, but like it's constantly something that we we are playing in our heads and sometimes I don't even realize that I'm doing it but I'm you know um but it's but it's always there yeah um always being calculated yeah there are so many uh I mean I don't personally know these vendors but I'm sure there are so many vendors if you know we didn't know you um and we had to look for someone else there would have been so many people that couldn't have been comfortable in that room Mm -hmm. at our wedding there was just a mixed bag of everyone, every walk of life, every situation. And if you don't feel comfortable at getting your picture taken or just addressing somebody, like, that's a no-go. Yeah. <laughs> so I uh, just, you know, I don't know. That was just so important. So I guess going forward, how can I, you know, if we sit down with an interracial couple or a Latino couple or, um, you know, a black couple, is there a way that I can ask them what the dynamic is without mm-hmm. sounding rude, I guess, or, or something like, obviously, like, I mean, I kind of asked that question to all of our couples, mm-hmm. like, do you have any sensitive family issues or friend issues? But, you know is it okay to kind of open this conversation with them so that they can talk to me about, about things like that? I think nine times out of 10, it's going to come up anyways. Like it's, it's that important to Mm -hmm. me that like, you know, there was no way I was going to be able to move forward with the plans if I didn't know that this this person understood. So regardless that you asked, like I was going to make sure that you understood exactly what you're walking into. And nine times out of 10, we we will do that um but i also think that when um yes w- when you approach the questions and you open up the door for that to kind of genuinely happen um i think you're just going to get way more information that way as well which i think okay. is going to help set you up to to best to provide the best best service yeah so from experience that we've had in our short time as being our own business I don't think we've booked a single interracial couple without them seeing our faces and sitting down with us for a wedding, that is, because we just recently booked a family session that's interracial sight unseen, which was fantastic. But that almost 
went hand in hand with your social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, she contacted me for a family session, and I think because she felt represented, she had referenced mm-hmm. two two of my things on my website to other galleries, Absolutely. and it made me feel good because obviously, you know, she looked she looked up my photos, mm-hmm. she felt represented by looking at my work, mm-hmm. and she reached out to us for her family session. Um, so, I mean, I just wanted to make sure that going forward, that's something that, you know, obviously people are comfortable with. Like mm-hmm. Evan said, we've had couples, you know, that, that were interracial that didn't book us until we met them, and I think it was more to just they see our to. reaction and make sure that, you know, we were totally comfortable with people. And that's where I feel like this whole movement has also brought a lot of things to light for me because, like I said, I never look at you guys and think mm-hmm. interracial couple. I just look at you guys and think, okay, you're a couple. Like, you're, that's just mm-hmm. it. So so for me, it's like having to, okay, now I kind of have to be aware that you're an mm-hmm. interracial couple without... Yeah, because the tough part is, I think we obviously we I feel the same way as well. Until like reality, until we step out outside of our door, and 100%. reality is not ready for us. Yeah, and so so then now I'm very conscious about who I'm dealing with because of, because of that. Um, you, we I still get looks. I still get like what like confused. I'm sure when we have babies, it's going to be even more confu- confusing um, to, to, to people to kind of place us because you have to be able to put people in a box. And so, mm-hmm. um, but the other thing, Jess, too, is in, in, in similar to how that couple was able to seek you out, see the pictures, kind of reach out based off of that, there's probably other people that are looking at that your pictures as well and being choosing not to work with you. And that's of, totally fine with right. me. <laughs> uh, so I'm sure it goes, you know, I'm sure it goes right. both ways. And it's, it's something right. That as a business owner, I think that you, 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 you real, you have to realize. And you know. yeah, I mean, this isn't just like, like, you know, the things on Facebook always say, we can debate whether you love coffee or not. This isn't, this is a mm-hmm. hill we're willing to die on. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. this is not a debate. This mm-hmm. is, who we are and I just want to make it known that this is who we are yeah and I and I hope and I hope today in this world and um in New England that more people are choosing to work with you as a result of what you stand for than choosing to alienate your business because because of that and I mean I have to be able to wake up in a world and believe that because otherwise it's just yeah. And I mean, I am completely open to having conversations with people, yeah. um, you know, as long as they're responsive and mm-hmm. not completely closed minded. That's right. And I know that, you know, some things that I've posted on my Instagram story have brought some backlash, especially with with brides whose husbands are in the police force and things mm-hmm. like that. And and having that conversation with them about this is not an attack on your husband. It's not an attack on on all police anyways like but this is how i feel and this is what i stand for and we don't have to talk about it if you want to block me block me but it's just like you know we've received some backlash with that but you know it's brought a lot of things to light (laughs) right i think like a lot of people try or or want to think they are like colorblind Mm. and treat everything the same. But what we need to do, I think, is realize other people's reality and acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. And that's how we really learn and can really start understanding each other 
and moving forward and yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, the colorblind, that was a Stephen Colbert joke from the Colbert Report when he played a pseudo-conservative. He's like, oh, I'm colorblind. I don't see... And it's just another way to, like, ignore suffering. Right, Mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah, I I think in some instances, folks that say that they're colorblind are probably well-intentioned, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I love everybody, everybody's the same, and, and although their intention is probably coming from a good place, you know, but it's it's okay to celebrate differences. It's okay to recognize that we come from different paths and those paths is what, that's what led us to where we're at today and kind of, you know, build, um, uh, our, our, who we are. And so by all means, like, don't like notice that I'm, I'm black notice that I am different. Um, celebrate that. Um, and I will do the same, do the same for you as well. And I think that when, you know, we don't have to be, there's, there's a lot of white fragility out there and, um, and it doesn't come from us. You know, we, we want you to understand the differences. We want you to understand that we all have biases, um, right. It doesn't have to be an ugly thing, but I think when we're, when we allow ourselves to learn, um, and acknowledge what those biases are, you know, that's where I feel like we we're able to meet, you know, common ground. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. Good intentions or not, if you're just going to pretend something doesn't exist because it makes you uncomfortable, then you're part of the problem. Uh, You know, I don't know for each person's situation what their intentions are, but unless it's addressed and faced, there's no way we can get from get to where we want to get to, which is celebrating our differences. That is such a long way off. Um, And... That, you know, that would be a great thing to see in our lifetime. But unless people stop being colorblind and stop pushing things aside, we can never get there. Yeah, people like to pick and choose when they celebrate people's uniqueness. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, they're so quirky. Like, they're so talented at the violin. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. that makes them so unique. Like, wow, your eyes are like the craziest color I've ever seen. (laughs) But they don't celebrate different types of uniqueness where Mm -hmm. it affects them much more in the reality of society rather than just some superficial things. That's so true. I mean, it it happens in so many different lights. Some people can be celebrating gay pride, but then still have issues with the trans community. Mm -hmm. And that's just so confusing. JK Rowling. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Cancel Harry Potter. (laughs) Well, thanks for joining us, Russell and Becca, again. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Call back to episode one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then hopefully we'll we'll do a second part. Of course, in love, the future. Love what you all are doing love with it. this podcast, um, and you know, good Thank luck. You. Thank you. Every week we'll be doing a pro tip. This episode's pro tip is sponsored by Sage Home Collections, featuring a unique and ever-changing selection of plants, crystals, home decor and more. This episode's Pro Tip. 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 Take your tip from us. Just the Pro Tip. He might be cinnamony and sweet, but Fireball is not your friend. I love you. 
Next time on Wed Talks, we're going to talk to DJ Dave. And then we're going to talk about how to plan the perfect mini-money, mini-ceremony. In these days of COVID, you need alternatives. We have them. Outro music. <laughs> <laughs>